You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Welcome to Big News Sports. Featuring Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author of 12 books and a 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated. Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality. And Christian Miller, a national championship winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. Hey, welcome into the show on another gorgeous day. It is Big Noon Sports presented by Haley Sansing Union Home Mortgage. You know, guys, <clears throat> things are changing all the time in our world of sports. Uh, at the college football level, you've got the transfer portal and NIL. I was just looking here. Deion Sanders has lost 50 players in Colorado. Just mind-boggling stuff. Uh, a couple of notes from the NFL involving Roger Goodell that I don't think we've ever faced before. But the one that pops up, and Lars brought it up just a minute ago, as far as what we're going to lead with today, is Alabama baseball is the fact that the entire state of Ohio has banned betting on Alabama baseball. I mean, just that lead in itself just kind of boggles your mind. But there are reasons for that, Lars. And since you're our writer and our digger and our researcher, uh, go go tell everybody why you can't place a bet on Alabama baseball in Toledo. Uh, this is a strange story and one that, I, I, frankly, I, I've never seen. Uh, but let, me, let me let me just try to explain what is going on here. So Ohio has put an emergency halt to betting on University of Alabama baseball games due to what is being called suspicious wagering activity on Alabama's game against LSU on Friday. Uh, the Ohio Casino Control Commission, uh, their executive director, Matthew uh, Schuyler, he told uh, sportsbooks to prohibit the acceptance of any bets on Alabama baseball effective immediately so (laughs) what's going on here um and it it really has nothing to do with the fact that you know ohio fans don't care for alabama fans and and vice versa but let's get into the reason of of the halt it's all about the money baby (laughs) um the the ban is in response to uh, Alabama baseball being uh, it's 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 in response for, uh, to a report from from what's called an independent integrity monitor, though the exact monitor and details of the report have not been reported yet. But uh, this is a, this is a monitor. It's, it's based in Las Vegas. And he alerted sports books uh, saying that there was suspicious wagering activity involving that game on Friday night, Alabama LSU. So we still don't know exactly what had happened. But uh, uh, on Friday night, uh, the Tigers were playing Alabama at home in Baton Rouge. And they were big time favorites, uh, minus 245 odds. And and they won the game eight to six. 
at one point they led the game eight to one through the seventh inning. And then LSU went on to win the next two games of the series too, 12 to eight on Saturday and 13 to 11 on Sunday. Uh, they're now 35 and eight on the season and they are the top ranked team in the country. Alabama's 30 and 15. So why Ohio? Uh, they don't, we don't really know other than the fact that there is no sort of national gaming, uh, excuse me, gaming regulator. And so, uh, it's up to uh, state by state to issue these halts, right? And Ohio is one of the newest states to legalize sports betting. And I know it was a really big deal. So uh, just at the beginning of the year in, in January, online sports books went live. And so I think, you know, the, 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 the monitoring system in Ohio is, is, uh, is a little more intense than in other states. So the question is, well, what the, what the heck happened? Uh, why, why is this? This seems really out of left field, and there's going to be there's going to be an investigation. And the only thing that that looks a little funny, and and I and I believe Christian, you said yesterday that, that yesterday that you actually watched some of these games. The only thing that looks a little funny is that Alabama's starting pitcher was scratched from his start right before Friday's game because of back soreness. And that then Ohio sports books weren't quick enough to change the lines. And so they probably took a lot of LSU money line bets at minus 245 instead of much higher odds. Um, that's just a guess. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think this is just a story to uh, keep monitoring. Uh, but other than that, that, that's 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 all I got, guys. Um Again, this is, it's a bit of a, a, a head scratcher because nobody can really figure out what 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 the reason for the ban is. Christian, do you do you have any any thoughts on this? Did you notice anything suspicious when you saw the when you watched the games on this weekend? Yeah, I probably should deflect the mat because uh, he knows a little more baseball than I do. But uh, Friday, I wouldn't say necessarily seems suspicious. If anything. I would have said Saturday or Sunday because in both games they had pretty you know significant leads at, at some point during the game yeah. and then uh, ended up losing the games uh, ultimately. Now nothing looks suspicious to my eye. Again, I'm not a baseball expert; just kind of enjoy watching it casually. Um, but it looked like they were just playing against a very good LSU team um, with the best hitter in the country and one of the best, if not the best pitchers in the country. So I wasn't alarmed by the come from behind wins for LSU. Um, I was a little more just upset. We couldn't hold on and get at least one win, um, but still some good baseball being played, but no Lars. I, I didn't see anything that I would have said was suspicious and then would have had uh, Ohio in an uproar over the gambling. But then again, I'm, <laughs> I'm not an expert on either. I'm not an expert on gambling or baseball. Ball, but I think it's probably more so just some uh, preventative measures or some you know safety precautions. Um, I, I don't for a second believe Alabama would be involved in any type of uh, point shaving or you know any type of um, you know m- malicious uh, gambling things. I just I don't see that happening. I mean, I just, 
I don't know, but I don't ever know. I guess. Yeah, I just I don't. I don't I, you just they knowing how the University of Alabama is run, especially their athletic department. You know, with Greg Byrne overseeing it and everyone involved. There's just no way anything like that would even be possible. So I think it's just the betting companies trying to just take some security measures. I think that um, Lars touched on a couple of things that that I'll just ditto. Um, he, he mentioned that betting was new in Ohio. That usually opens up yourself for mistakes or, or thing, things to slide through the cracks. Um, this integrity division has looked at it. Uh, I think that maybe Lars hit on it. Uh, Alabama changed starting pitchers at the last minute. Um, a group of guys in Ohio saw it and loaded up on it. But, man, they must have really loaded up. Or it, maybe this was the case. Not a lot of people were laying money on that. And then suddenly people are laying fifty and $60,000 on a baseball game that's not even in their state. That would be my best guess as to what happened. And, it, you know, if you move the needle a lot, Vegas is going to look into it. Um, and who's the mattress king down there in Houston? Uh, man, when he bets a million and two million dollars on the Houston Astros, that moves the needle. It, it, it opens some eyes. And Vegas sometimes will go and look into it and they'll find out, oh, yeah, it's Mad Max, the Mattress King or whatever his name is. But I think that they move the needle too much and it set off an alert in, uh, you know, the software of, of these devices that monitor. And as a result, they said I don't, it doesn't have anything to do with the University of Alabama or LSU. I would like to say that over and over and over again. This was caused by betters in Ohio. Yes. In my opinion, Lars, that's the end of the story as far as pointing. That, yes, that you are 100 percent right, because the uh, the monitor that Las Vegas based uh, firm, right, that, that monitors the betting markets. Uh, it it issued an alert to its sportsbook clients, and they they described it as quote suspicious wagering activity unquote. So I don't know that that that, doesn't, that seems like it's more on the betting side, right, Matt? I, I mean, I, I look, I, yeah. I I I bet just uh, for fun, you know, point spreads and football. That's it. I don't get into. <laughs> looking into a college baseball game halfway across the country and laying thousands and thousands of dollars. Um, but to me, it seems like something among the betting public in Ohio, perhaps. I I, I don't know, Matt. I, I just I don't have a good explanation. I just wonder because the articles I read didn't say I wonder who it was on. I guess because of the starting pitcher change. Maybe they suddenly decided to bet on LSU because Alabama was going to be at a significant disadvantage. Or maybe the starting pitcher change was a lot better and made them want to bet on Alabama. Uh, I really don't know. Uh, And and by the way, uh, you know, Lars, you mentioned it, and I appreciate you being transparent about it. You you lay a dime. Well, dime means a lot of money. Uh, (laughs) You lay 10 or 20 bucks. Every once yeah. in a while, that's a big deal. I mean, you know, it's not a big deal. Go, go ahead and go for it. But I, you're doing a serious bit of gambling. If you're <laughs> monitoring college baseball somewhere, uh, let's say in Columbus, Ohio, wherever, um, 
And you suddenly notice that. I mean, how big are you studying on this stuff? Yeah. If you'll see the a starting pitcher in Alex Box Stadium has been changed a couple of minutes before the start of the game, and you wager enough money to move the needle, uh, I would uh, yeah. say those guys have a little bit of a gambling problem. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe they don't. Maybe, maybe they're that good at it. Maybe the biggest takeaway is – this is an illustration of how pervasive serious gambling is in this country. I mean, I, I never would have thought anything like this was even possible. Uh, you know, but you know, you can imagine it happening like at a sports book in uh, Vegas, right, where there's professional gamblers. But now there, I suppose there's professional gamblers in every state where gambling is legal. Sure. And um, that tells me that there's also a lot of problems, a lot of <laughs> a lot of people with gambling problems. Uh, and it's a very real thing, not something to be laughed at. No, it isn't. Um, it's been pretty good discussion about that in its own right. Um much rather be just talking about the X's and O's and the Jimmy's and the Joe's and the baseball, but we have to understand and realize that th- this is a, a major part of sports now. Now, it has been in the past. Um, I remember reading a, an in-depth uh, series that Clyde Bolton did, the Birmingham News, and guys, this was before Christian was born <laughs> and certainly before Lars moved here, but he this was before betting was... Um, legal in any states except i guess part of new jersey and then nevada but he said that uh his records show that alabama per capita was the highest betting capital uh highest betting on college football per capita in the entire world um everybody had a bookie i remember that to be honest with you i was too close to sports i never wanted to get into that so i didn't have a bookie but all my friends, I remember sitting around their rooms, and they go, okay, I think I'm going to take Texas. And they pick up their phone, and somebody say, hello, this, this is Bob234. And they all had code names. It was just, it was kind of cool. I didn't do it. So I saw too many of my friends take it, on, take it in the rear because it was uh, they were losing a lot of money. Nobody really wins in the long run, Lars, do they? Uh, no. <laughs> Unless you're very, very skilled. I, you know, I, th- yes, of course. I mean, there are some people who make a living off of gambling. And, uh, you know, one of the most successful poker players in the world, just uh, Ar- my buddy Armin Katayan did a book with him and it's already being made into a movie. It's going to be, you know, New York Times bestseller. And we need to get Armin on to talk about that. But, uh, man, there's still just so many uh, states across the country that it, that is now legal. I mean, uh, just Alabama, not legal. Alaska, not legal. Arizona, it's legal. Arkansas, legal. California, it's not legal. Colorado, legal. Connecticut, legal. Delaware, legal. Florida, I guess that's pretty complicated. Uh, you know, just goes on and on. And, and, and it, I do think, and I know we need to go to break, but uh, I think eventually it will be legalized everywhere because it just it generates so much tax revenue for the states. And that that tax revenue can be used for good things like building schools. Can't you always find a way to bet online no matter what state you're in? I don't know enough. Uh, well, apparently 
Otherwise, I should quit talking about it. Yeah, I'm telling you what. The Alabama <laughs> Bureau of Investigation is going to be slamming hard on Lars Anderson for that $20 <laughs> bet he put on Georgia Tech. <laughs> hey, Brock, Lars is right. We got to take a break. We'll be right back. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal. Holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing. You. Call Haley on her cell. Yes, her cell. 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. Is pain- this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. From our home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A breezy afternoon with a good supply of sunshine, the high at 74. Clear and cool again tonight, below 45. More very nice weather ahead tomorrow and Thursday. Lots of sunshine both days. Highs up in the middle 70s between 73 and 76. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 72 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Joe's operating the boat today. Appreciate that very much. I've been following. I think we all have been following. The nation has been following. Certainly ESPN has gone all in on what's happening in Colorado with Deion Sanders. Um, had much success in Mississippi at Jackson State. Um, then he went to Colorado, and he just flat out said, you better play my way or you're gone. Well, um, I don't think that's gone as well as he expected. Uh, just since they opened the portal here recently, 42, play, 42 players, 27 did it on the first day they could make themselves eligible in the transfer portal. But 50 total players have left Colorado. Christian, is something rotten in Colorado Springs? No, I think this is kind of what uh, he knew would happen, uh, Matt, and I guess – we knew what would happen uh, after hearing his first interview or not even interview, just his first team meeting that they had cameras in that gave us kind of an inside look and inside access of uh, kind of what was going on with the transition to him being hired as the next head coach of uh, Colorado. 
And um, look, he told those guys he's uh, getting rid of, you know, some of the bad luggage and bringing in, what do you say, Louis Vuitton and Gucci, however he said it. I mean, I, I didn't yeah. think that was necessarily yeah. appropriate. It was kind of funny, but I just, as a player, I mean, it's, it's kind of tough to hear, but I guess, you know, when you only won one game in the past season, you don't really have much room to talk. Um, so, I mean, yeah, man, I, this is kind of what we were expecting, but, you know, it's just kind of, you know, I, I hope it works out for him because if he's successful, he's going to look like the greatest coach of all time, right? And if he's not, he's going to look like a guy who had his foot in his mouth and got, you know, a little too big for his britches because he kind of has gone in there. I wouldn't necessarily call it an ego, even though it is. We all know he's, you know, known for his ego, which is fine. You know, that's 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 his identity. Um, but it's just, I don't, I, I'll be honest, Matt. It's just a little little much for me. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's a little over the top. And then I'm all about old school, you know, tough coaching. All for that. But it's just some of the things... You just listen to him. It just doesn't really matter. It doesn't really add up, Matt. Like, you know, he, he was talking about how he doesn't really, um, you know, condone or respect the guys who get in the transfer portal ahead of their spring game. Um, but then he was hosting players from other schools who did that very same thing, basically rolling out the red carpet for them. Um, so I think, you know, you just got to put your money where your mouth is, you know, and if you're going to, say all these things you need to abide by it and, and, and practice what you preach even with your own players or former players um but yeah man i, I don't know it's kind of an exodus over there right now i'm sure he has a plan uh, i hope he does because losing that many guys i don't care if they stink or not you need depth that's one thing even alabama learned they they didn't lose ne- nearly that many guys but they had a serious lack of depth in their bowl game and they'd be the first ones to tell you it hurt them even just to practice they hardly had enough guys to practice at times. So it seems like, I will say, I, I have seen a lot of guys transferring to Colorado, some guys from some prominent programs, the Florida States, some other big power five. Auburn just had one in. transfer today. And Alabama's had two. And Alabama guys, Auburn guys, Florida State, and then they'll, they'll, there will be more. Um Will it be 40-something guys? Probably not, but uh, he might not need that many. Uh, he's on the right track, though, it seems like, you know, getting some guys in there. But, man, man, you, you got to think at large. I mean, you, you'd probably agree. I mean, losing 40 guys, again, it doesn't matter the caliber of player. You need guys on on, on your team, on your roster. I mean, <laughs> I don't know unless he's going to have, a, you know, a walk-on tryout, an emergency walk-on tryout to kind of fill some of those spots if he doesn't reach, you know, his numbers. Because, guys, I'm telling you, from from a practice standpoint, it sucks when you don't have enough people to practice. I mean, I go back to when I was uh, a freshman here and we had done it where uh, we used to have it set up where the freshmen practice on their own for one practice. It was kind of like a welcome to college practice. And it was only freshmen and some walk-ons. And uh, when I tell you it was the hardest practice I've ever experienced at Alabama and anybody else that experienced it will tell you that. Because we literally were out there practicing with not even hardly a two deep, but doing the same practice schedule as we typically would do. Oh my gosh, man! Like I, I just think back on it. I mean, it was it was terrible. I mean, like you, it was just rapid pace, nonstop, no subs. It's your first time practicing for Alabama. It definitely was a welcome to college moment for me. But anyway, 
that just this is what that reminds me of because I'm like, man, if you don't have enough guys to practice, good luck. That's very interesting. Yeah, and yeah. They, they don't do that anymore, though. They they got they they don't do that setup anymore. That, that's kind of the old school coach Saban approach, where it's like, hey, let's give these freshmen, you know, their first practice to kind of learn what to do and how we practice. They don't do that. Everybody just starts off on the same day all together. But if you ask any of the guys that kind of my age and older, they'll tell you, yeah, it used to be split that first day. Oh man, <laughs> not fun. Would you say was there? Uh... Some uh, some throwing up on that first day. Oh, absolutely, dude! Throwing up, guys running and jumping in the cold tub with all their gear on, because you got to think too. The vets also had to basically experience that too. But on the on the flip side, they didn't have the incoming guys with them, so it was only the vets. They had a day like that, and I'll never forget. Uh, I, I remember seeing Denzel Duvall run in after as soon as practice broke. I wasn't at their practice, but I was in like the locker room getting ready to do whatever I had to do. He just ran in and just fell face first, like into the cold tub with his helmet on, his pads, cleats, everything. And I just remember the look on all of our, you know, all the incoming freshmen, all of our faces were just in shock. Like, what the hell did we just sign up for? (laughs) It it went both ways. But yeah, trust me, if you ask some of the older guys, they'll tell you. They they all remember that very first practice. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Um, yeah, it's a, so, great, it's, story. It's a, it's a great story. It's a great story. Sometimes I, I think Christian, actually not sometimes, all the time, you, you've got a book in you. Uh, you have so many good stories from your time at Alabama. Um, but just just some raw numbers here. So since the, the end of spring practice at Colorado, when uh, 40,000 fans showed up at Folsom Field in Boulder on April 15th, uh, between then and when the, the 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 spring transfer period, the portal closed on Sunday night, 43 players entered the portal. That's the equivalent of half the roster. Total 52 have entered since um, since uh, Dion took over five months ago. Uh, you look across the country. Arizona State is next. Uh, with 27 players entering the portal since uh, Kenny Dillingham was hired back in November. Then Nebraska has had 23 uh, players enter the portal since Matt Rule was hired day after Thanksgiving. Um, but what is happening in Colorado really is uh, is is making the, it's the headline right across the country. And you know, Dion, he's telling he's telling reporters. Quote, I didn't kick them out. They walked out. Unquote. I, I, I don't know. Uh, uh, it sounds like they didn't really have much of a choice. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and even uh, uh, Senator Chris Murphy, uh, a Democrat from Connecticut, on Sunday, he tweeted about Dion. He said, Sanders is in the process of firing half his team, kicking off their scholarships because they aren't performing. That's employment, and and they're really he's, he's talking about a a uh, f- uh, the NCA defending itself against a federal lawsuit uh, from the National Labor Relations Board. It's it's a complicated issue. Oh but, well, yeah, we don't have to go into that. But uh, but you look at what you what look at what Lincoln Riley did last year, right? He was hired in November of 2021. And USC had 23 players hit the portal 
right? And then USC began last season with 38 new players, which again, that's almost half the roster, including 20 from the portal. And they go for they go from a team that you know was uh, relatively insignificant to a national title contender. So, and then by the time Dion is done here, he could have more than seventy new players on his roster at the start of next season. It, it is just, uh, it, it is you know we're, we're we're seeing something that we've never seen before. And will this grand experiment work in Colorado? Is it fair? I mean, those are all legit questions. We'll talk more about this with uh, Bama Central's Sports Illustrated's Chris Walsh in a minute. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. The children's music and dance teacher who couldn't cha-cha. I was always on my feet. It was just so painful. Elisa couldn't let her students down. So she stepped up and went to the Good Feet store for personally fitted arch supports. I would work an entire day and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. That was when I knew, wow, these are different. But the really good part? It's good to be dancing together again. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, to That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Sports, Matt Coulter, Christian and Lars, Joe Gaither is with us, and we'll be joined now. By the way, our show presented by Haley Sanson, Union Home Mortgage. We're joined now by Chris Walsh, Bama Central Sports Illustrated. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, a lot of stuff here, but uh, let's start here with what uh, Joe Gaither just sent via text. Henry Ruggs III unconditionally waived his right to a preliminary hearing on Tuesday and will plead guilty to one count of DUI resulting in death and one count of misdemeanor vehicular manslaughter. Uh, Also a note here that Ruggs could end up doing three to ten years. Chris, I know that's a hard news story to bring you on. First of all, uh, just welcome and how was your vacay? (laughs) um well thanks uh some of some of it was great um some of it was not so great but you know that's kind of the way it sometimes goes but um back in the fold and and you know it's um you know coming off the nfl draft it's uh it's always kind of an interesting time but yeah it's 
we've we've got the story already posted on Bama Central on on rugs and I mean, there's I don't really see any other options. You know, to me honest, either. So. It sounds like a good option to me. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure there's been a lot of negotiating negotiating going on behind the scenes, but you know, a guy who was driving 150 miles an hour and there's a fatality involved, and uh, it's just the whole thing was so sad, and, and and you know, there's just there's no good way for that to end, obviously. So, yeah, uh, Chris, and I think. Uh, this 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 appears to me to be a pretty pretty good deal for rugs, and I believe that there was some issues with maybe uh, Miranda rights and 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 uh, and just uh, other problems with uh, how everything went down once the police arrived at the scene, uh, and that may be a reason why uh, that this is a. Uh, again, I, I would call it a relatively light sentence. Um, but uh, um, in in uh, like no nobody nobody wins here. Uh, it's a it's a sad sad situation, um, and uh, you know that's uh, um, there's really no no more to to say about that. Um, but moving on from um, that tragedy is the the latest really bizarre story involving Alabama baseball. And uh, in the state of Ohio, you can no longer bet on Alabama baseball game because of, suspic- of suspicious betting activity. Can you give us any insight? We, we spent the first uh, about 13, 14 minutes of the show trying to figure out what, what the heck is going on. Do, do you have any idea? Uh, I I don't really have any more insight than anyone else does. I mean, it's, uh, what happened was a independent agency saw something that they that they deemed to be unusual. Um, you know, my standpoint, I've you know been around SEC baseball a long time. There's a lot of unusual things that go on, so um, this one is a little bit of a head scratcher until we get some more information on this but um and, and if i if i remember right i think alabama's starting pitcher got scratched that day because he was sick or something like that too so lsu jumps out to a big lead alabama comes back you know chips away and, and falls short and lsu won i i you know i i kind of look at in terms of the game i don't really see anything much that's unusual granted i wasn't watching the game so it's, it's hard for me to comment on that part but um, if there was something unusual somewhere, I mean, I, I don't understand how it could possibly be, um, uh, you know, wouldn't LSU be the, the, be, be the school that should be looked at? I mean, that only makes sense to me, but uh, the whole thing is just very, very bizarre, especially since it's coming from Ohio. It's, it's, it's you know, and each state has its own rules and regulations for this stuff. So who knows? Chris, sticking with Alabama baseball, I know you said you didn't watch Friday's game, but did you get to watch any of the games Saturday or Sunday? And if so, how would you assess their performance facing number one LSU? And if you didn't get to see any of those, how would you how would you assess their play up to this point? And, and where do they go uh, go from here? 
No, actually, I, I, I didn't see any of the series because I was out of the country. Um, my wife had a, a work conference and I got to tag along. And <laughs> so that was, um, that was, um, that's why I wasn't really around um, last week. Um, so yeah, I, I, I wasn't. I watched a little bit of the draft, and I watched a little bit of hockey because I was in Canada, and you kind of have to. Um, <laughs> that's that's really all I saw. But um, the baseball team, it's. I mean, geez, you look at that schedule. I mean, they're coming off LSU. They got to go and play Vanderbilt right now. Um, you know, and they've been playing well going into that series, and. I mean, that's just a really, really good team. But, you know, they were in every game. And that's, I mean, that's, I don't want to say that's kind of par for the course, but it's, it's after years of watching SEC baseball, it's, you know, the difference between the top and the bottom is not as far, it's just not far, you know. It, and if you aren't a top 25 team, um, you're going to be, you're you're probably going to be below 500 in the, in the SEC. Alabama is, I think, just below 500 right now and uh, still kind of jockeying for a position, hopefully to go to the SEC tournament um, at the end of the month. Um, they, they're they in a good spot right now, but it's they, they got to piece together a few more wins. Hey, can you hang through a break maybe for 10, 12 more minutes, please? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, I wanted to get into Deion Sanders and how many players has decided to leave the Buffaloes. It's in Boulder, by the way. I screwed that up first down. Sorry about that. Anyway, when we come back, more with Chris Walsh on Big Noon Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home 2 Suites. Come down to r and and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, ETA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Home base in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A breezy afternoon with a good supply of sunshine, the high at 74. Clear and cool again tonight, below 45. More very nice weather ahead tomorrow and Thursday. Lots of sunshine both days. Highs up in the middle 70s between 73 and 76. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 73 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Big Noon Sports, 
Our guest is Chris Walsh, Sports Illustrated, uh, Bama Simple. Uh, hey, go over the numbers real quick with us, and I've got a question about Dion. But where can people follow you and Katie and your entire staff? Uh, Bama Central, like you mentioned, where your Sports Illustrated home for all things uh, Crimson Tide. It's just, it's Bama Central One Word dot com. Um, that's also the same on Twitter and, you know, a lot of social, social media things, but, uh, we, we get a lot of people on Facebook, um, which is something I'm still kind of trying to get used to. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know why that, that, that always just kind of throw me, but anyways, um, thanks. So, <laughs> um, sure. It's, it's well worth putting on your saved if that's the way you well, I don't know. Um, hey, when you hear that Deion Sanders has had 52 players transfer since he's become the head coach of the Colorado Buffalo, what are Buffaloes? What are a couple things that immediately come to your mind? Um, why did the other 28 stay? No, um, <laughs> I, I I joke. I kid. I my history with Dion goes back a long, long time. My first job was in Fort Myers, Florida, which is Dion's hometown, and so we were dealing with him when he was, uh, you know, Florida State and as a pro. And I mean, I I love the fact that he went to a historically back black college and you know, sort of walk the walk and, uh, and, and talk the talk. And, and granted, Dion can talk, let me tell you. Um, but the, the thing that was, I, I, quite honestly, when he went to Colorado and, you know, they showed the video of him beating the team, my, I, I looked at that room and I was like, three-fourths of those guys are going to be gone, you know, um, right off the bat. And that's exactly what happened. And, you know, he... He wants his kind of guys, and there's going to be um, a really uh, high standard, which you expect with any coach at that level. So, uh, you know, there, the, the fact that there was tur- a lot of turnover in general doesn't surprise me. But, you know, uh, Dion's some guys are going to absolutely love playing for him, and, and some guys it's just not going to be their cup of tea. And, and especially out west, things are a little bit different, you know, um, I, I consider Colorado out west, um, it, you know, but it's it, you know Pac-12 country. There's there's still the Pac-12, right? I, I think there. Yes, it's hard yes. to tell. It's like the I conference keeps changing. Don't feel bad. No, it's it's uh, I, I'm, again. I'm I'm kind of kidding about you know the 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 way that college football is nowadays. It's like you sneeze and you know, like today they announced the uh, the dates for the uh, the college football playoff. You know, with the with, after expands. And people are kind of looking at it, and they're just like, "Whoa, you know, this is, is this this is kind of messed up." But it's like, "Yeah, this is exactly what you asked for." So um, there's a lot of that going on in college football today. Anyways, um, so yeah, there's going to be more turnover, and and um, I'm curious to see how it translates to the field. And uh, you know, uh, South and Terry's out there, and I'm sure he's one of those guys who's kind of cracking the whip for for Dion and. Um, I, I, I'm pulling for them. I, you know, I hope they do well. Well, that's interesting. Why, why are you okay? One, do you think it will succeed? Because this is just like some grand experiment that we've never really witnessed before in college football history. I mean, uh, Lincoln Riley did it to a much smaller degree at USC, and it worked wonders because he was able to get basically 
all of the best players from Oklahoma to transfer uh, to USC, including the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, do you think it will work? And, uh, and, and, and do you, what's the best way to put this? Do you appreciate Dion's approach? Uh, not as much as some other people do. I'll put it that way. Um, I, you know, Dion is a showman first and foremost. He, but he gets things that a lot of people don't get. I mean, he marketed himself even when he was at Florida state better than anyone else out there was doing. And I mean, it, I still go back to when he was a player in the NFL, my goodness. I mean, what an incredible talent he was. Dion didn't really tackle too many people, you know. I remember that no. part of it too, and that—that's kind of, you know, th- that's Dion. Um, and and I'll, I'll I'll share a quick story, real quick. Um, his athletic director, he went to North Fort Myers High School, and um, and, and at that time they were they still had a busing program. Uh, there were uh, a lot of kids who were living in this area called Dunbar and they were scattering them around to, to all the schools in the area. And so Dion grew up in Dunbar and he played at North Fort Myers high school, which is across the river from Fort Myers. It's kind of like Tuscaloosa and Northport. It'd give you a, a kind of an example there. Um, but his, his athletic director was Bobby Dewey and she was feisty as, you know, as anyone. And Bobby sadly, um, got uh, cancer. I can't remember what kind it was, but she, she passed away and Dion came back and he spoke at the funeral and I was in the front row. He was outstanding. I mean, he was so good. Um, and, and it was one of the weirdest things I think I had to cover, but, um, you know, there, there's a part of Dion that I absolutely adore. I will always appreciate. Um, but yeah, is it going to work at Colorado? Uh, I don't know. You know, I'm really skeptical because he's going to get some players. And and if he can get enough to kind of do, like you mentioned, with, with USC, I think they're going to be okay. But you're talking about a conference where, like, everybody is 8-8, eight eight, like every single year, it seems like. And the difference between the top and the bottom is just so, so slight. I kind of wonder if Dion's going to have the patience to, you know, if it doesn't go that great the first couple of years, if he's just going to say, eh, I'm going to go do something else. Chris, you know, sticking with college football, they, they released uh, basically the, the schedule for the 24 and 25 seasons with the new playoff uh, expansion dates and sites. And uh, it shows there's going to be, you know, four games with home sites, then the quarterfinals. Um, do you think that's the answer, this new playoff expansion system? And do you think it'll be um, around a stay? Do you think it'll, it'll actually work out? Or do you think the original four-team playoff was, was the way to go? I, I personally, I'm not. The thing I don't like about the expanded playoff is that you know, once again, we're giving the players another game or two, and it's just, it's so much. It's, it's, the players are getting the short end of this by, by far. Um, I mean, how many games, you can play up to 17 games now? I mean, that, I'm sorry. It's I, how, like a few years ago, it was. That's a lot for know, college. <laughs> yeah, 10 game regular season, and then you play your bowl game and you're done. And, and now we're getting into 17. Are you kidding me? So that's that's always been my biggest concern. Um, 
looking at this real quick. Okay, first off, they're gonna, I, I think they're going to race the 16 as fast as they can go. Um, so let me get that out of the way. Um, the I like the fact that the games are going to be about 10 days apart all the way, you know, across. But, I mean, I don't know how some of these guys are going to be, you know, it, I guess it's, it's late enough that finals are kind of out of play, but not really. Um, Christmas, forget it, you know. Um, and then, you know, the, the national championship is going to stay, uh, what is it, the 20th, jeez. Uh, I'm getting later and later. Um, I, it's it's just I think it's too much, but you know nobody cares about that opinion. They just it's it's all about the money, isn't it? Though uh, when you get down to it, that is the uh, running theme for all of our first hour. <laughs> all right, Chris. Thank you. Glad you're safely back, and we will talk very soon again. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Have a great one. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Uh, coming up next hour, one fifteen, Bob Barrett, who's been on with us, I think right after the Masters, he talked about some slow play and so forth. But Jack Nicholas has come out with a statement that uh, made me want to talk some golf today. So uh, we will address that on the other side of this break. Big Noon Sports. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. If you haven't already, you've got to try Tuscaloosa's unique breakfast, brunch, and lunch concept, Brick and Spoon, downtown Tuscaloosa, Timerson Square. It's fresh food with a Cajun flair featuring a full bar with build-your-own Bloody Marys and mimosas. Open daily, 7 a.m. until 2 p.m., available for after-hours events, rehearsal dinners, receptions, and birthdays. They offer brunch and lunch catering. Call Brick and Spoon at 205-345-5551 for more information. Every Friday made possible by Brian Harden Construction, ASME certification, I-beam installation, fabrication. If you're building for the ground up, let's build something together. We have a crane and we will travel, not just throughout our community, throughout the state of Alabama and our neighboring states. It's Brian Harden Construction, up to 320-ton cranes available Welding fabrication, reverse engineering, CNC machines, Brian Harden Construction here in Tuscaloosa off of Foster's Industrial Drive. COVID-19 has disrupted our lives, but it won't have the last word. We will. Across Alabama, thousands are getting vaccinated to protect themselves and others. Find out where you can get the COVID vaccine today at alabamaunites.com. Please get vaccinated. If you have symptoms, also get tested for COVID-19. Alabama Unites Against COVID. Sponsored by the ADPH, the ABA, and this station. Road tripping, business travel, or bringing your car in for repairs. All great reasons to rent a Toyota at Tuscaloosa Toyota. You can rent the latest Toyota models for a day, a week, or a weekend. Every Toyota rental car comes with 24 hours roadside assistance and is backed by an entire team of people you know and trust. Rent a Toyota and let's go places. Reserving yours is a breeze at TuscaloosaToyota.com. Work is a part of all of us. Working drives us to push beyond what we thought was imaginable and allows us to come together again for the things that really matter. That's why the Alabama Department of Labor and the Alabama Career Center System is here to help you discover bigger opportunities than ever before. Visit your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, PTA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. From our home. 
home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. It's luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Fiore, Grayson, and Miz and Main. And if you haven't tried the Miz and Main dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at christophermobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, Luxury Game Day Apparel, Redefined. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. Tommy coming out of a break. Oh, hey, welcome to the show. Big Noon Sports brought to you by Haley Sansing Union Home Mortgage. Appreciate all of you dialing in today. Do remember you can dial us in literally at 205-348-9904. And make sure and visit us on our website and Twitter. Website is bignoonsports.com and Twitter is at Big Noon Sports. Um I noticed a story today, guys, where Bryce Young was going to get the number nine with the Carolina Panthers. I think most NFL teams try, um, you know, if it's available, you know, that, to give a guy the jersey number that he wants. But, for instance, just at Carolina, Matt Corral couldn't do that, and he ended up taking number nine. And there's usually a domino effect here. Uh, wide receiver because wide receiver had number two. That was his number. You know, he kind of had the rights to it. But wide receiver was traded. Matt Corral took two. So now Bryce can take nine. Uh, this is not unusual. Um, I'll give you an example. One I laughed about was back in Major League Baseball. And I guess the 90s when Mitch the pitch uh, was with Philadelphia and they traded for John Crook. And uh, I think pitch had... Uh, Crook's old number or something like that, or Mitch wanted his number, whatever. And uh, they traded jersey numbers for a case of beer. Um, but I've also heard where players will, you know, send another guy on vacation or give him 10 grand just to have a number. Christian, it, it was 47 that important to you? You're going to buy it for a case of beer? Absolutely not. And I actually uh, got the number because I originally was wearing 34 at Alabama. And then because of me and Damian Harris being on special teams together, I had to change numbers. I tried to get number eight, a single digit. I wore number seven in high school. Coach Saban wasn't having it. And he kind of went on a rant about he was tired of guys asking for these single digits. He didn't make sense to him. All it does is lead to more uh, conflict with, you know, numbers on the field at the same time. So I said, you know what, Coach, you can have it. I'll just... I'll take 47. My brother wore 47 in high school. No no worries. And, uh, yeah, so I came up with 47. But if, if, if maybe, you know, if seven it was available or something in the NFL that really was that significant to me, I'd consider 
But I'm not one of these guys paying 25k for a number. It's just not that deep to me. Yeah, you know what, Matt? There's a lot of really good stories uh, over the years of of what players are willing to do to keep a, a number that is special to them. Um, I'm reminded of uh, someone who we've just been talking about, Deion Sanders. Um, when he first signed with the Cowboys back in 1995, he really wanted the number 21, right? And uh, a, another corner, uh, Alundis Bruce or Bryce, he had that number. So what did Dion do? He went out and bought Bryce his dream car, a brand new metallic blue BMW 325i, and and he put a note by his locker that read. Now give me the damn jersey, <laughs> which Bryce was all too happy to do. I guess so. And then, uh, and then Christian, uh, another 47, uh, it was uh, Tom Glavin, right? The Hall of Famer uh, for the, uh, the the Braves. But uh, he um, uh, spent, uh, yeah, spent 16 years in, in the league. And I think he finished his career with the Mets, right? And he wanted 47. The problem was that Joe uh, McEwing, I think that's how you say his name, he already owned the the jersey. But that's when Glavin, he got creative. He agreed to pay. So so uh, McEwing, McEwing just had a baby uh, with his wife. And McGlavin agreed to pay for a baby nursery in McEwing's home. <laughs> so <laughs> McEwing then happily gave up the number. Um, uh, there's been lawsuits over it. I mean, I think Clinton Portis ended up in a, in, in a legal little kerfuffle. I, I, I don't remember. Over a Jersey uh, number? I don't remember that. That's- yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, or maybe it was a fight. Uh, I, 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 gosh, I, I, I can't remember it. Um, there was at one time I wanted to do a story on on all just the the, the crazy things that guys would do to uh, keep their jersey numbers, but um, but yeah, it was um, uh, uh, Mitch Williams. I don't know if that's what you just said. When Mitch Williams. The, the the wild thing right the pitcher yeah um, acquired from the Phillies he wanted number twenty eight who had it uh, John Cruck yeah. what did Cruck love more than anything beer and and so uh, Mitch Williams uh, gave him two um, two cases of beer and he got the number. But um, the thing is, <laughs> Williams um, ended up changing his number to 99 because he only wanted 28 because that was the number that his wife liked. And he went and got a divorce right after getting the, the pain for the beer. But uh, but yeah, so it was Clinton Portis. Uh, he wanted 26 when he was acquired or when he was drafted by the Redskins or acquired by the Redskins. And he offered another player forty thousand dollars, and um, the transaction didn't actually go well with his teammate Afani Olahate. 
and the two ended up in court because Portis never paid the 40 grand after Olahate was released. And uh, in court, uh, Portis was forced to pay 18,000. So anyway, that's a a summary of some of the more uh, uh, crazy things that um, athletes have done to acquire numbers. Well, I'll say real quick, I don't think Bryce had to pay because uh, Matt Corral, he wore number two in college at Ole Miss. Uh, two had opened up because DJ Moore, uh, the receiver, star wide receiver that was traded to Chicago, uh, he's no longer on the team. So it actually probably worked out for the both of them. So Matt Corral received two for Carolina, uh, which was his number, which I'm sure he wanted all along. He just had to take nine because it was taken. And now Bryce gets his nine. So hopefully... Uh, that went smoothly, and Bryce didn't have to pay anything because because if I if I read it correctly, Matt Corral had already requested uh, to have his number changed uh, to number two uh, before the draft because of DJ Moore's uh, departure. So I think it worked out. You know, Bryce really got uh, lucky there, where he basically fell right into his number, and so did Matt Corral. Um, but yeah, I've heard of guys in the league definitely paying a lot of money. Now, going to court, I did not know that, Lars. And I actually grew, grew up a Clem Portis fan. Um, but I, I guess, you know, with guys making these uh, huge game checks, I mean, if you're under a big contract and you're making, you know, 10, 12 million a year, right? The way now it's divided by 30, 34 weeks. It used to be 17 weeks. So basically, you just would take that annual salary divided by 17 that's what guys were getting for their game check i mean so guys like that each every time they step foot on the field they, their game check is upwards of five hundred thousand dollars which is absurd right those guys probably have no problem saying oh i'll pay 25k for this jersey because they just look at it like a deduction out of their game check because if you get fined that's basically what it is you're not writing a check for your fine they automatically deduct it out of your game checks so i think some guys just grow so used to those deductions that they don't really think twice about it. But when we hear it, we're like, oh my gosh, $25,000, which again, still is you know a substantial amount of money. But to them, if you're talking about a guy who's making that much per game, I mean, it's hardly a dent to them, which is absurd to even think about. But some guys, and, have, and, you know, they have a lot of, you know, meaning with their numbers sometimes where, you know, it might be honoring somebody. They've had it their whole life. I mean, I, I get it. I just personally, man, I I just don't think I could do that. That's just, I mean, you could. There's so many things you could do with that much money. I just, I don't think a number would be worth it for me. <laughs> um, I, I have newfound respect for Mark Barron. I always thought Mark Barron was a great player at Alabama, right? Great player. Yeah. But in uh, when when Tampa Bay acquired um, Daryl Revis before the 2013 season, Revis was just adamant about getting the number 24. <laughs> And Barron held out, held out, held out, and eventually he agreed to fifty thousand bucks to give wow. to give, give Revis. Wow! Uh, but hey, you know Revis he made about thirteen million dollars, right? Uh, coming <laughs> coming his way, and um, yeah, I mean you guys, and you remember when uh, Michael Jordan switched right uh, to forty five after he returned from twenty three to forty five. Um, during his brief uh, baseball stint, and um, yeah, I mean that that was really one of the most uh, number twenty three was one of the most famous of all time, 
and um, and and Jordan thought that um, wearing the same digits he did uh, during his brief baseball career, and that was forty five, um, would work. But when he came back to the league, uh, the NBA actually fined him for switching to forty five, fined him a hundred thousand um, dollars. That's not why he went back to. 23. I think he went back to 23 because they ended up losing in the playoffs, if I remember correctly, when he was wearing 45 and then thought it was bad luck and so switched to 23. All right. How about that for a numbers dive? Pretty interesting <laughs> stuff. Um, I wanted to talk some golf, and we're going to do that on the other side of the break with our friend Bob Barrett, who's involved in several golf uh, ventures in the state of Alabama and the Panhandle as well. But most notably, the slow play using a restricted flight golf ball and a couple other topics we want to bring up with Bob. And we'll do that on the other side of the break. You're listening to Big News Sports. More Big Noon Sports coming up. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal. Holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing. You. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now that I'm pain free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. One hundred point nine Tuscaloosa weather. A breezy afternoon with a good supply of sunshine. The high at seventy four. Clear and cool again tonight. Below forty five. More very nice weather ahead tomorrow and Thursday. Lots of sunshine both days. Highs up in the middle seventies between seventy three and seventy six. I'm James Spann on the ABC thirty three forty Weather Center on Tide one hundred point nine. It's seventy four degrees in Tuscaloosa. Big Noon Sports, Matt Lars Christian. We're joined now by our favorite golf guy, that's Bob Barrett. And I immediately thought of you the other day when I was reading these comments from Jack Nicholas uh, about slow play. And one of the reasons that he thinks that uh, we're getting there is because the balls travel so far. Uh, then the courses get longer. 
and you have to walk longer. So they're slow play. Uh, Bob, first of all, uh, I hope you're doing well. I hope you're still hitting it around a little bit. And what do you think about the op- observations from the Golden Bear? Well, uh, I think he's he's exactly right. I mean, it's uh, it's a combination of of problems. The slow play it, it uh, you know it, it goes back to when golf courses started becoming lengthened back in the eighties and nineties, and so not only did they get longer, the, the bunkers got deeper, the pedal, the the water hazards got closer in, and and it just uh, it, it took the game to a different different level. For the average player, it's one thing for the for the elite players to play golf courses like that, but the average player needs to to have a a, a more fun experience and and going out there and and being able to shoot career rounds of golf or their best round in their lives versus going out there and becoming miserable because it was just too hard and it was embarrassing. So so it's a combination of architecture and and length and. But uh, it's it's certainly a problem that we've been dealing with in the industry for years. And the one success that we have had over the last probably seven or eight years is encouraging people to play it forward, play the tees that better fit their ability versus feeling like they have to go out there and play the second tee from the back tee, which which that second tee today from the back tee is 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 longer than the championship tee was 25 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of slow slow play, um, I'm sure you saw the Masters and uh, Patrick Cantlay. I I, uh, I get aggravated just uh, talking about it because I, I think uh, Brooks Kepka, you know, wished he could have uh, asked to play through. He was playing so slow, and and, and Victor Hovland is his uh, playing partner showed his frustration by um, hitting a greenside pitch shot on uh, 13 while Cantlay was still back in the fairway uh, just because, it, I mean, he was just standing over the ball for so long. What, what can be done about this when when someone like, uh, again, I, I don't necessarily want to pick on Cantlay, but uh, he, he really... Uh, was eviscerated on social media. But what can be done about this to just to speed things up? I, I think their round at Augusta was, uh, you know, almost five hours. Yes, yeah, so, but, but I think that's that was a very unique situation that day. I, I would say this, that the PGA Tour has done a, a, a pretty good job over the years of forcing pace of play to be consistent for all players. And I, I I don't understand what happened that day. I mean, you you could certainly tell Cantley was was very deliberate and playing slow. The question is, how far behind the group in front of him were they? And 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 I never really fully understood were they a half a hole behind or a hole and a half behind, whatever that was. But but the officials at the tournament that day should have been clocking them and, and giving them warnings of what have you to, to make sure they've got to get back in within the pace of, pace of play. Uh, so uh, that was it was a horrible situation that day, but it did take longer for everybody. The conditions the conditions were very difficult from a weather standpoint over there, and that typically slows play down a little bit. But uh, but overall, the PGA Tour has done a good job with 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 pace of play. 
I um I I think the restricted flight ball would would help in many regards. But Bob, do you think that would also mean uh, you know the everyday hacker would play the same ball, or would they play the one they're 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 using now? Oh, no question. They play the one they're using now. <laughs> they're not they're not going to give up something that can help them. Uh, you know, maybe hit it further. I, I mean, I, I think what would really happen, Matt, is is that they, they would play a Titleist. They still play their own same branded ball, but it's just going to be a competition ball. And 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 it's it's the the whole intention is to have that ball in play for the elite golfer, and that's the that's the, all the tour the professional players as well as the top amateur players, whether it's the U.S. amateur. I, th- I think probably collegiate, go- all collegiate golf would probably uh, uh, establish that as. But it, it becomes a local rule, by the way. It's not. It's not something you have to do. It's going to be a local rule for those events. But, but I think from a branding standpoint, the manufacturers will still have uh, other balls that they'll brand that this ball is can go further than a competitor's ball or what have you. And, and it's 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 something I wish that had been done back in the '90s, and we wouldn't have had to build these golf courses to the lengths that we've built them to for just such a small percentage of players. Great point, Bob. You've had you know, such a uh, legendary career. Um, you know, grow, uh, a native of Augusta, Georgia. Um, and uh, being an assistant golf pro at Augusta National uh, and then manager and director at Shoal and on and on and founder of Honors Golf. Um, when you look back on your career, what what sticks out to you? Is, is there something that you're most proud of? Uh, I will tell you, it's it's the redevelopment of Highland Park here in Birmingham. Yeah. Now this this is this 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 Highland Park is the Charlie Boswell course of which it was named Charlie Boswell later in the in the seventies, but this is that golf course was built in nineteen oh three, the oldest first golf course ever in the state. And you know, it was dormant when I got involved and went to the city and, and put together the arrangement for us to invest money and, and bring it back to life. That golf course is 5,900 yards versus some of these other courses that are around the country that are almost 8,000 yards. I would tell you today, I get more comment and more compliments about Highland Park than anything I've ever done in my career. And and the reason being, it's it's unique. It's right in the, the core of the city, the views that you have. It's although it's a short golf course, it has an incredible character, and people have fun. People golf needs to be fun, and the, and the architecture of golf in the last twenty five years made it too hard. They weren't having fun. But I have more people. It, it's been great for beginners introducing people to the game, and even the the great players who play the game. You, we have a number of tour players that live in Birmingham that take lessons out at Greystone from uh, uh, Blackburn. And they come to Highland Park to play golf. You'd be surprised how many have come out there and have just to play golf. So uh, it's it's just been, it, it's a unique golf course that uh, we try to keep it in great condition. 
but people people go have their first hole in one. Some people drove the first par four green in their life. Some people had their career round, and it it, it goes on and on. Uh, so it's uh, uh, of everything I've developed and I've built over twenty part of developing twenty seven twenty eight golf courses. But that one, uh, you know, Bobby Jones won two amateur golf tournaments there back in his career, early career. We had the Tiger Woods Foundation uh, inner city youth clinic out there that was spectacular. And, you know, Golf Magazine recently made it, made Bryant Highland Park in the top 30 in America for municipal golf courses. Uh, so it's, uh, that's a little long-winded about No, what, no, yeah, so no, yeah, right, I, but I, I agree. I love this because uh, it, it's one of my favorite courses in the country, frankly. And uh, I, I play it all the time. And uh, my son, who uh, is seven years old, took his first lessons there um, and uh, and has uh, just loves going out. We go to the driving range there. Uh, we played a few holes there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love uh, – that drivable par four, even even I can get it there every once in a while. But just uh, <laughs> before, you know, uh, I could go on and on about how much I love that course, especially when you are at the high point and you can see you have a vista of uh, downtown Birmingham. Absolutely beautiful. What went into the uh, sort of rebirth of that course and and uh, and, and how was it? that you sort of put it back together? Well, it, it, the golf course had been, been operated for, for years through a different contract. It was a different uh, group that had the contract operated. And and it, it, the conditions just got so poorly that they they, sh- they just closed, closed it down. And it was dormant for roughly three years. And the city of Birmingham, then Park and Rec started putting out RFPs for people that would, would take it, come in and take it over. And everyone really came in and said, hey, we'll do it, but we need you, the city, the Park and Rec, to put the money up. And uh, and it was going nowhere. And so eventually uh, I got with a with a partner from uh, Torchmark, and uh, we approached the city and said, okay, if, if we'll – We'll consider doing this if we can get uh, the the rights to control this property for a, a long enough period of time to recoup our investment. But uh, so we 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 agreed to to put the money up and and did the full redevelopment. This was in 1998, and it's uh, uh, it's been a nice it's been it's been a great win win from the city. It's created more certainly more tax revenue, employment taxes to uh, beautifying the area and transforming really Highland Park and Forest Park, uh, quite honestly, because that area had started declining pretty rapidly. So, uh, but it's just a, it's a good public-private partnership is what it's created. Well, <clears throat> I think it probably had as much to do as anything with um, with the redevelopment of that entire area. I mean, the, the bars, the restaurants, right. uh, all of the things yeah. that are going on in Avondale, the property prices uh, are going way up. And I think Highland Golf had a lot to do with it. Okay, before I let you go, what is the course record for Highland since the, you, you redeveloped uh, it? I think it's 58. I don't, I don't know that for sure, but I think it's 58. 
Well, it's not my name beside it. I'd be lucky to get through the front nine on that. But anyway, Bob, uh, tell everybody how they do you do the website, follow thing, uh, to what you're involved with. Can you tell us, give us any of that information going out here? Well, I just, I mean, I'm, I'm not out on social media, so, but, uh, but I'm, I'm on the board of, I'm on, on the board of Troon and, uh, and, and, and I have, uh, five golf facilities that I, that I have ownership in. I'm spending most of my time focusing on those properties and, and doing some of the business development on the Troon side of the equation. So Troon is out, out of the day to day. And congratulations yeah. again on the hall of fame, uh, here in Alabama. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and Bob, we, we need to get you back on. This is uh, gr- great stuff and would really like to talk to you more about sort of what goes into uh, creating and developing golf courses, uh, your role in, in, uh, in, in, in helping with the, the Robert Trent Jones course. And, and I always want to know what the true pros think of where does Alabama rank in terms of quality of public courses across the country? Um, oh, from it's it's highly popular. I mean, it's well known, very popular. Uh, I mean, golf in general in the state of Alabama is is spectacular. With Shoal Creek hosting the PGA two PGA championships, and us having the U.S. Amateur, you know, we've got the Regions event coming up next week. So it's it's. It's na- the state is nationally known for its golf and at all levels, private to to daily fee, and, and uh, it's uh, it, it, you know the PGA Championship was the first really national uh, any national event that the state's ever really had. And y'all opened the doors, and golf has been one of the most popular sports in the state of Alabama for many years, and people from all over the planet come here to play. Bob, thank you so much for your time. We'll do this again very soon. Okay, great. Enjoyed it. Take care. Thank you, Bob. Uh, When we get back, uh, let's dive into Roger Goodell. Well, sometimes that's not the most popular subject, but today it may be. Hang on. You're listening to Big Noon Sports brought to you by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. This is Big Noon Sports with Lars, Matt, and Christian. Carrie. Base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation. Across the United States. And from around the world. As respected industry leaders. We are here. Working hard for you. In an effort to provide you with. Excellence in sports medicine. Excellence in research and education. And excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell. Yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. Right. They should should take care of their guys, whether you played one snap or a thousand snaps or a million snaps. There's a lot of stuff that goes into that and, and, and those 
perspectives from a lot of guys. But uh, that was really long-winded, but there's just a lot of angles to look at it, Lars. And I'll be honest, I, from a business side, it's hard for me to really comment on it because, I mean, again, the NFL is doing just fine and making a lot of money. Clearly, he was making $60 million a year. But from the players' side, there definitely is a lot of things that we do feel should be, you know, handled differently. And then, you know, maybe one day that will happen. But obviously, whoever's in charge of hiring them is pretty okay with what he's doing because he you know is continuously making more and more money <laughs> and I'll, I'll say this real quick um goodell is 64 years old uh pete roselle stepped down from the job when he was 63 paul tagliabu walked away when he was 65 obviously goodell you just look at him you can tell he's a fitness fanatic um, and uh, he is going to, you know, sign an extension here. But a name to keep in mind for who is the possible successor to Goodell, I think, is uh, Troy Vincent, who works in the league office, former first-round pick of the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and uh, I know a lot of players just absolutely feel like Vincent has sold out, you know, sold his soul to go work for Goodell, who uh, Joe Gaither correctly pointed out, Goodell works for the owners, not the players. And, uh, and, and there are, a, Christian, a host of issues that that it feels like it's just not fair for the players. Like, I think the players need to be Absolutely. Take, taken better care of than they are. I don't think there should be, like, you, you know, if, if you play in the league for a, one year, you should be able to have health insurance, I think, at least for maybe 10. Like, I, I don't know what the number would be, but the, the, I think the league owes a re- responsibility to make sure that that their that their guys are taken care of, and I, I just absolutely that hasn't happened. Uh, I think he has to play three years and four games or something like that. Christian cannot update us on that right now. We got to get the break on big news sports. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. Based in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation. Across the United States. And from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers. Trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers. Who are resilient. And won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches. Athletic trainers and mentors. Who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. COVID-19 has disrupted our lives, but it won't have the last word. We will. Across Alabama, thousands are getting vaccinated to protect themselves and others. Find out where you can get the COVID vaccine today at alabamaunites.com. Please get vaccinated. If you have symptoms, also get tested for COVID-19. Alabama Unites Against covid Sponsored by the ADPH, the ABA, and this station. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. It's luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern-day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Mizzen and Main. And if you haven't tried the Mizzen and Main dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at Christopher Mobley. Shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, Luxury Game Day Apparel, Redefined.
The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. My caretaker was very rough with me. I thought they did it because I wasn't moving fast enough. Elder abuse is a crime, and together we can stop it. If you or someone you know has been abused, neglected, or exploited, call the Adult Abuse Hotline at 1-800-458-7214. That's 1-800-458-7214. Sponsored by the Alabama Department of Human Resources, the Department of Justice, ADECA grant number 18-VA-VS-050, the ABA, and this station. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A breezy afternoon with a good supply of sunshine, the high at 74. Clear and cool again tonight, below 45. More very nice weather ahead tomorrow and Thursday. Lots of sunshine both days. Highs up in the middle 70s between 73 and 76. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 74 degrees in Tuscaloosa. A national championship team covering a national championship team. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. We're going to tackle this topic as we go out, probably expand and go into more detail tomorrow. But uh, 2024 and 2025 college football playoff schedule has been released. Uh, One thing I think we all thought they were going to do, and I think it's a grand idea, is to have the first round at home stadiums. They're planning on doing that December 20th of uh, 24, which is Friday. They'll have one game, and then the following day they'll have three. Then they'll divide up the major bowls over the quarterfinals, semifinals, and championship and play to where you will get the new version of a college football championship. So that's uh, that's where they are now. Uh, just to kind of hit the tip of the iceberg here, Y'all love having first rounds at home, or, or do you? Absolutely. Christian? Uh, well, in the NFL, yeah, you definitely would. I mean, college, this is all new, but yeah, you, you do. I, I'll be honest, guys. I think I have to see more of how it breaks down. Um, but is it, if I remember correctly, is it the top four teams, they'll have a bye week during those playing games? Is that right? Yeah, they'll play like 12 versus 5 and 11 versus what it would be 6. You know, they'll, they'll do that on the play-in. And, yeah, the then they'll advance to play teams in the quarterfinals. That's the way yeah. I would so, so, like, and, okay, yeah. Uh, and so, so basically, that, a team like Alabama would maybe only have one extra game. That's why I asked that. So they yeah. might only have one extra game because then they well, they would start in the quarterfinal. So yeah, so. If, if but, that's the uh, go. Uh, uh, I was just going to say, just to give an illustration, like what it would have looked like last year had this year's format been in place. Uh, you would have had number nine Can- in, in the first round. Number nine, Kansas State at number eight, Tennessee. Number 12, Tulane at number five, TCU. Number 11, Penn State at number six, Ohio State. Number 10, USC at number seven, Alabama. 
And so, yes, the top four teams then get a bye. And then that second round, right, the quarterfinals will be played at different bowl games, right? The Sugar, Fiesta, Rose, Peach. And then uh, then the semifinals will be at the Cotton and the Orange. And then uh, the final will be um, just uh, rotating around those top bowls. Okay, so with that being said, I look at it for teams like the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Clemsons, Michigans, you know, the the Blue Bloods that we see year in, year out, Ohio States. I'll say that, honestly, it's it's not too bad of a trade-off, and here's why. A team like Alabama, who was just outside of the playoffs this past year, they're sacrificing playing one extra game. And I say one extra because they're in their typical, you know, one through four spot, which they've been uh, in the past however many years since they started the playoff system. They basically are sacrificing playing one extra game for the opportunity to, to still have a chance if for whatever reason they have a season like they did this past season. Meaning if they're just outside of the top four, their hopes are still alive. Now, if they are in a similar spot, that familiar spot of being in a, being a top four team, they will have to play one more game. And I will say, you know, as a college athlete, you know, more games, you know, it is tough on you. It's tough on your body. It leads to pain. But the good news is I've got a way to eliminate and alleviate some of that pain. So if these guys experience that when they move to this new system, I'm going to get them hooked up with my good feet art support so they can head on over to Midtown Village and then try their, they get their free fitting. It's try before you buy. You've got nothing to lose. Or you can go to goodfeet.com to schedule an appointment to alleviate and eliminate all types of pains. Uh, again, that's good feet, improving the quality of people's lives two feet at a time. But now, on a serious note, guys, I really do feel that um, it's really not a bad system, and I'm like, I'm kind of excited for it. Even though you know I, I experienced the traditional playoff system, I think it is kind of cool to see some of these other teams have an opportunity to show that you know they do belong, to showcase that they they might have been overlooked, right? And uh, again, you know the the top four teams are paying an expensive an extra game. But at the end of the day, we all know this is about business. It's about making money. And all this is going to do is generate more revenue to the schools, to the communities, the, the states that are hosting these things. And it, it, it's also another opportunity for guys to go out there and get good exposure and put some good tape out there against other good teams. So I think there is some benefits to it. You know, obviously some downsides, but I, I see a lot of benefits from it. I'm looking forward to it. And I do think, I do think Matt, that... Uh, in 2026, uh, that, that, that that's as soon as the, the as the uh, the the deal between the college football playoff and ESPN uh, uh, runs out, and and, and, and what, what's happening now is just a sort of like a, a an adjustment to the original 12 year contract. So in 2026, I think they are going to go to 16 as fast as they can, right? So uh, I, I believe that is going to be the magic number moving forward, Matt. Well, I worry about player safety when you start playing the same number of games the NFL teams are. So we can get into that, Christian, tomorrow as we wrap up. Wow, we, what, what another beauty. Let's go play golf with Bob Barrett. You've been listening to Big Noon Sports presented by Haley Sansing, Union Home Mortgage. Best 